RTHK News. It's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, a prisoner's welfare group disbands, but its founder declines to comment on whether it's down to political pressure. The chief executive says her plan to reform the government isn't a hint that she's seeking a second term. And landlords say they're sick of being painted as mean, as they warn that a rent cap may stop them providing subdivided flats to tenants. Former lawmaker Shu Kaochun says the prisoners' rights group he set up, Wallfare, has disbanded. Mr Shu said the group, which offered support to people jailed for protest-related offences, could no longer carry on, even though it had taken a cautious approach since it was set up nine months ago. Last week, the Security Secretary, Chris Tang, said some groups were helping prisoners to build their influence behind bars and endanger national security. Mr Shoes declined to say whether the decision to disband was a result of political pressure. What support will the prisoners get without warfare? We can't tell today. We only wanted to do the humble work, to give a cup of cool water to the prisoners and their families. Unfortunately, this cup of water may have become too hot now. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says her plan to restructure the government has nothing to do with whether she will run for a second term next year. She's hinted that she plans to split the Transport and Housing Bureau and establish a new cultural bureau. At her weekly press conference, Mrs Lam said she planned to submit an initial proposal to LegCo for discussion after December's legislative election, but it's unlikely to go through during her term. Even if LegCo passes the restructuring proposal, there will only be a few months left. Do we want the secretaries to change their posts and new secretaries to work for just a few months? In reality, the mission of this term of the government is to listen to views and submit a plan to LegCo for discussion and pass it to the next administration. But of course, what if the next administration doesn't like the plan? Well, they can think about it again. This will be the job of the chief executive designated. This work has nothing to do with whether I want to take part in the election. Mrs Lam was also asked why officials had not acted sooner to strike the Hong Kong alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements of China from the company's register, given that officials had said the group was a threat to public order and national security. It's not quite meaningful to ask that sort of questions, but let's face the reality is after a... uh, an unprecedented period of social unrest and riots endangering national security. We are now in a very good position with the support of the national security law and the capability under the law given to the enforcement departments, including the police and the government prosecutors. So uh, we are duty bound to take uh, action to safeguard national security. The head of a property owners group says landlords are sick of being labelled as bad and mean people after the government announced details of its plan to cap rent increases for subdivided flats. Diamond Shea, president of the Hong Kong Owners Club, told an RTHK programme that the policy gives too much protection to tenants and may eventually reduce supply as landlords convert subdivided flats into single homes for rent or sale. The government announced yesterday that the proposed cap on rent rises, originally set at 15%, would now be reduced to 10%. 
The US Secretary of State Antony Blinken has faced intense questioning in Congress over the withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan. During a sometimes fractious session of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, Republicans repeatedly called on Mr Blinken to resign. One Michael McCall described the pullout as an unconditional surrender to the Taliban. The president refused to listen to his own generals and the intelligence community who warned him precisely what would happen when we withdrew. This was an unmitigated disaster of epic proportions. Mr. Blinken again defended the decision to leave. Upon taking office, President Biden immediately faced the choice between ending the war or escalating it. Had he not followed through on his predecessor's commitment, attacks on our forces and those of our allies would have resumed, and the Taliban's nationwide assaults on Afghanistan's major cities would have commenced. That would have required sending substantially more U.S. forces into Afghanistan to defend themselves and prevent a Taliban takeover. The United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres says more than a billion dollars has been pledged for Afghanistan at an emergency aid conference in Geneva. He said one in three Afghans didn't know where their next meal would come from. Speaking to reporters, Mr Guterres warned that holding back financial aid and allowing the Afghan economy to collapse would have far-reaching consequences. My appeal to the international community is to find ways to allow for an injection of cash in the Afghan economy, allowing the economy to breathe and avoiding a collapse that would have devastating consequences for the people of Afghanistan and possibly would trigger a massive exodus with the consequences that you can imagine in relation to the stability of the countries of the region. President Biden has thrown his support behind the California governor, Gavin Newsom, on the eve of a Republican-backed vote on whether to remove him from office. At a rally in Long Beach, Mr Biden described him as one of the country's best governors, especially on tackling the pandemic. He accused Mr Newsom's critics of hypocrisy. The same governors who are attacking me and your governor for COVID-19 mandates are in a state's with some of the strictest vaccine mandates for children attending school in the whole country. Talk about inconsistency. Officials from the United States, Japan and South Korea are meeting in Tokyo to discuss North Korea's missile program. The summit is being held a day after Pyongyang said that it had successfully tested a new long-range cruise missile. From Seoul, here's the BBC's Laura Bicker. Joe Biden's envoy to North Korea, Sung Kim, said he wanted to make it clear that the United States had no hostile intent towards Pyongyang. In his opening remarks as he met with his counterparts in Tokyo, he added that he hoped North Korea would respond positively to Washington's multiple offers to meet without preconditions. The three envoys are expected to discuss possible offers of humanitarian support as North Korea struggles with a deepening economic crisis and food shortages. Norway's Conservative Prime Minister Erna Solberg has admitted defeat in yesterday's election, paving the way for a left-wing government led by the opposition Labour Party. Its leader, Jonas Garastura, looks set to take power. The campaign was dominated by climate change and the future of Norway's oil industry, the largest in Western Europe. Ms Solberg praised the way her party had worked with its coalition partners over the past few years. 
The four of us have found good solutions, both in government and in parliament, and I'm proud of what we've achieved together. But the way the results are looking now, it's the voters' wish that another majority governs Norway for the next four years. The Conservative session in government is over for now. Pope Francis has told Jewish leaders in Slovakia of his shame at the murder of more than 100,000 Slovakian Jews during the Second World War. On the first full day of his visit, he lit a candle at the Holocaust Memorial in Bratislava and condemned what he called the frenzy of hatred of the time, as well as present-day anti-Semitism. Here, in this place, the name of God was dishonoured for the worst form of blasphemy is to exploit it for our own purposes. Here, reflecting on the history of the Jewish people, marked by this tragic affront to God, we admit with shame how often his ineffable name has been used for unspeakable acts of inhumanity. In financial news, property developer China Evergrande says it's hired financial advisers in an attempt to ease its debt problems as it warned of a decline in sales at a time of the year that's usually strong. In a filing to the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, it said its efforts to sell its Hong Kong headquarters and two of its subsidiaries had so far come to nothing. The group has reported debts of 300 billion US dollars. Andy Shear is an independent economist in Shanghai. This company was really aggressive and borrowed money at a very high interest rate. It's been paying double-digit interest rate in the offshore dollar market. And onshore, it's been selling the equivalent in China to, to retail investors, so-called wealth management products. Yesterday, owners of the company's wealth management products protested at its headquarters in Shenzhen. TV pictures showed people lying on the pavement, having fainted from heat and exhaustion. We don't know where to get our money. And now we, we, we go to Shenzhen government and nobody help us. If they don't give me my money back, then I'll jump off a tall building. They've cheated me out of all of my money. I have nothing left. A false announcement that a cryptocurrency was partnering with the retail giant Walmart sent its value soaring yesterday, only for it to crash when the apparent scam was revealed. Walmart was quick to deny a faked press release which claimed that customers would be able to pay for items using Litecoin. It's unclear who was behind the release, which was reported by numerous news organisations. Apple has issued an emergency security update for its devices after reports surfaced of new spyware thought to be used by the Israeli company NSO Group. The BBC's Gordon Carrera has details. Researchers from the independent watchdog group Citizen Lab said last week they'd analysed the phone of a Saudi opposition activist and found a new type of malicious software. They believe this was being used by the company NSO Group to remotely take control of Apple devices and extract data without a user knowing. Details of NSO Group's alleged role in selling so-called spyware to governments were leaked earlier this year, although the company said many of the subsequent reports were false. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 25,797. That's 20 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $68 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 110.03 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 18 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 76 cents. Sports now and in football, Everton have joined Manchester United, Chelsea and Liverpool level on points at the top of the English Premier League. They came from a goal down to beat Burnley 3-1 at Goodison Park thanks to three second-half goals in a span of six minutes 
from Michael Keane, Andros Townsend and Damari Gray. Here's the Everton boss, Rafa Benitez. It was very physical in the first half. We have uh, some issues. We're trying to control uh, the strikers, the second balls and the crosses. And it was not easy, but uh, overall I think that we were OK. We were missing something more in attack. Then uh, when we score our goal and then we cancel the goal, and we have more confidence, we play 4-3-3, we have uh, better understanding of the game, better on the ball, really pleased with the reaction of the team, really pleased with the connection between the team and the fans, and that is what we are looking for. Burnley's second-half collapse leaves them with just one point from four games. Sean Dyche is their manager. The thing is, you know, we're, we're, we're quite a, a wise group. And I said, you know, they know you can't wait for the game to give you something. You've got to make it happen. And so for that six minutes, it's killed the whole performance. That's the, the madness of football sometimes, because a lot of the performance was, was right for what we want to be and what we want to do. Chelsea begin their defence of their Champions League title tonight when they host Zenit St. Petersburg in the first round of group games. Chelsea boss Thomas Tuchel wants his players to be reminded it's a brand new season. Winning changes your feeling, your, your atmosphere here within the building, your work atmosphere, and it gives you natural confidence. But at the same time, it is absolutely necessary to, to forget it and to, to start from scratch, to show this hunger and mentality again. And this is what I feel and... and what I demand from myself and uh, from everybody else around. Manchester United get the early kick-off. They're in Switzerland to play young boys. Manchester City host RB Leipzig, while Liverpool welcome AC Milan. There's also a heavyweight clash with Barcelona at home to Bayern Munich. The draw for the group stage of the first-ever Women's European Champions League has been made. The holders Barcelona will play in a group that includes the 2007 champions Arsenal. French champions Paris Saint-Germain have been drawn with Real Madrid. PSG defender Ashley Lawrence says having a group stage in the competition is a significant step in women's football. The new um, structure of Champions League is amazing. Um, having more games, having the, the group stage, it's super positive for women's football and just having more games, more access, people being able to watch. Another thing is every team is progressing and the gap is getting smaller and smaller. And there really is no, like for me, there's no standout team that, oh, for sure, um, they're going to win it this year or favorites, just because there's so much talent um, everywhere in all the leagues. The first round of group games will be played early next month. The top two from each group progress to the knockout stages. <coughs> to the weather forecast, a few showers which will be heavier with thunderstorms in some areas. Sunny intervals this afternoon with light winds. The outlook, there will be some showers in the next few days. Currently the observatory, the temperature is 30 degrees Celsius, humidity at 80%. And please be advised the thunderstorm warning has been extended until 2.30 this afternoon. To end the news, the top stories once again. A prisoner's welfare group disbands, but its founder declines to comment on whether it's down to political pressure. The chief executive says her plan to reform the government isn't a hint that she's seeking a second term, and landlords say they're sick of being painted as mean, as they warn that a rent cap may stop them providing subdivided flats to tenants. The news from RTHK.
Afternoon and welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. Should have cleared my throat before I started. Let me try again. Good afternoon and welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this.